Wow, what's going on guys? It's your host here, Samir, uh, with another episode of the 3 Second Tap, and yeah, you guys can probably tell I'm recording this right after Fastlane, because that ending was, as I tweeted, frustrating yet interesting, or, you know, frustrating but great. And the reason why I say that is just because of, just because of the potential you can see or you can imagine going forward from tonight's pay-per-view. Now, going to like just just assuming what's going to happen at SmackDown, I know that there is definitely going to be something uh, in relation to a possible triple threat match. But I'm going to get more on this later on. I'm just going to kind of talk about the previous matches and I'll finally speak about what I really, really want to speak about, which is that ending. Uh, but anyway, so... You know, uh, I'm like when it, when it came to the Sasha Banks versus, uh, sorry, Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair versus the, the women's tag champions Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. That match not only was it a good match, but I, I I did I did feel that it did have a good turnout, and I'm not gonna speak too much about the match itself because it did it did have its you know back and forth. It did have its you know uh, it's like specific. Um, like moments for both sides, but obviously you know they, they didn't become the the new tag champs. But with at the end of the match, what happened was is that Sasha Banks she just slapped the hell, slapped the hell out of Bianca Belair. Now I don't know if this is a possible heel turn, but I don't I don't see this as a heel turn. I I think it's just frustration from Sasha Banks to Bianca Belair, especially since like Bianca's always just trashing on. Uh, Sasha Banks, whereas like, oh, you you are so egotistical, you're so you know this and that. So that's what I'm feeling is the case here. Now, when it comes to so when it comes to Bianca Belair herself, the 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 way she took that slap, I'm surprised that she took it. You know what I mean? Like, I thought it was gonna become like a whole like next type of brawl that gonna, that's gonna go down, but that's not what happened. So that's uh, I, I guess that's what we're looking to see here, but. I don't know, man. Like, what I'm thinking is, is that I feel I feel like going forward to WrestleMania, Nia Jax and or Shayna Baszler might get in, involved with their uh, mat, the championship match that's going to go down. Now, I don't know if I 100% agree with myself on that, but I think it's a slight 2% possibility. But, man, that match itself, I would definitely give it a, uh, like a, like a good 7 out of 10. But in all, I really think that it was a pretty good... Um, I guess show of character or show of emotions from Sasha Banks because you can just tell she's just frustrated. That match itself, uh, she obviously wasn't really expecting that to become one of the matches she was gonna have going into WrestleMania or her role to WrestleMania, but it did end up happening. And as everybody probably else thought, a possibility of Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair being the women's tag champions that would have been a great uh, thing to see, but. Honestly, like realistically, it wouldn't have worked out. I mean, sure, they could they could become the tag champs, even though they're not that they're not really a hundred percent with themselves, or do they, or the fact that they don't really have much chemistry as a team or even with each other. You know, it's just like a it's like in a sense, it's like a love hate relationship between them two. But regardless of that, I honestly felt like if they become the champs, it would have been pretty weird, and also it would have been another. Uh, coming of age per se you know like both of them have to kind of get fond with each other they have to understand each other they have to get realistic with each other and just understand each other on a, on another level for them to actually function as a proper team so that's my thinking on that but i'm i'm, I'm honestly excited to see what goes on on smackdown um out of out of like like right now all i'm looking forward to 
is SmackDown. Yeah, sure, Raw has its has its matches, but I am definitely looking forward to SmackDown. But anyways, um, after that, uh, it was the Elias versus uh, Braun Strowman match. Now, the way Shane McMahon did Elias so dirty, that honestly, it made me, it just it just killed me, bro. Like I I started laughing because this guy. Um, Previously, it was shown as like a WWE Network exclusive where Shane McMahon was like training in the ring and he just hurt his left knee. I think it was left knee and boom. So he comes out. I mean, so Elias is out there and Shane is there as well. He's like, yo, Elias, you know what? I, 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 the reason I want you out here to perform is because I just want the WWE Universe to just to just in, in, in endeavor in what you're um, doing, you know, in your music as well. So I just want, I just want, I just want them to know what you are uh like what your talent is and by the way the reason i'm stuttering a lot is just because i'm so excited to just talk about the ending so i'm trying to get there as quick as possible but uh anyways so elias was over here like yeah say less like i'm gonna i'm gonna give you my performance this and that but then while while elias is performing all you hear is shane mcmahon he's like oh oh uh sorry to cut you off uh, elias but by the way um just letting you know Braun Strowman, uh, sorry, you're the one that's going to replace me in my match against Braun Strowman. And you can just see Elias's life just flash before his eyes because, come on, anybody going after Braun Strowman is indefinitely going to be scared because no one has enough training to go against Braun Strowman. That guy is a literal freight train, all right? Me personally, 100%, I'd be deadly scared, you know? Scared to death. Whatever phrase you want to say it to face Braun Strowman and Elias seeing as he doesn't really have a good track record with matches Especially against like Giants. He's gonna get uh, like just just obliterated simple as that obliterated and You know Braun Strowman music hits he comes down Off the bat you can just see Elias is trying his best to find out some kind of way to defeat him but it doesn't go down obviously and at, at one point I thought that you know, Jackson Riker was going to somehow help Elias and get the dub, but Jackson Riker did help him, but he didn't help him enough or significantly enough to actually get somewhere where Braun Strowman can't be. So that's where I see the problem, or that's where I feel the problem is. And, um, you know, he did get involved. He did kind of get Elias uh, away from some moves that will just completely abolish um, Elias, but it just wasn't significant enough simple as that you know like jackson Riker is there but he's not that useful to elias plus elias himself his defensive awareness like he's so inconsistent with him with it sometimes he's he's great like he knows where to you know block he knows what to uh, sorry reverse but he's just so inconsistent when it comes to his defensive awareness and braun Strowman, this guy is just a powerhouse on the offense and mind you about like just just mind you about his defensive awareness like this guy Braun Strowman is he's just an all-around athlete an all-around wrestler this, this guy knows like every single place he could just do well the only thing is is that he all he's always getting messed up by some distractions or you know just the minor things you know but anyways Elias he tried his best but honestly what I love seeing uh, with Braun Strowman is whenever he just does that you know roundabout where he uh, starts at one side of the ring and then he just does a whole ass like full-on run to the person on the other side and just completely trucks them 
but you know going from that go going from that it was just all Braun Strowman Elias could not have any kind of defense there yeah and you know Braun Strowman's in the ring he gets up Elias and power slam right into the ring and that basically ends the match right there but before before he power slammed Elias he pointed like you can just see he's he's not even worried so much he's not even trying so hard on Elias but as soon as he gets him up for his power slam, he's looking at the camera, and he's—you can just tell—he's just sending a message to Shane McMahon. And we all want to see this go down. We want to finally see Braun Strowman shut Shane McMahon. But I'm honestly thinking that this is probably not going to become a WrestleMania match. I feel like it might become the Raw. Sorry, the, yeah, the last Raw before WrestleMania, and that's when it's going to go down. Their match with each other. But if it does become a WrestleMania match, which you know what, most likely will be. It has to be something like a no holds barred or even a false count anywhere because knowing Shane McMahon and his games, he's going to try every single play in the book to um, like weasel himself out of actually having to face this match. You know, so it has to be like a non-sanctioned, no holds barred, false count anywhere match. Um, what just throw every single nons or you know allowed uh, move in the uh, sorry match type or stipulation into that match because we need to see that go down and. It has to be in a way where it could prevent Shane McMahon from weaseling himself out of the way. Simple as that. So I'm calling a WrestleMania match where it's a no holds barred slash false count anywhere's match, and anything goes, you know. And I hope it goes down because we. I honestly, I'm starting to get fond of this, and I want it to go down as well. Uh, but anyways, um, obviously Elias got pinned and just straight up obliterated Elias. But anyways, moving on from that match, it was Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Now, this match itself... Oh, man. Uh, I was I was honestly kind of disappointed with the ending here. I really wanted to see Shins Shinsuke Nakamura win this match. Simply because it's like a vengeance towards uh, him just defending his friend's honor. Because him and Cesaro are good friends. But again, I feel like... I feel like it was expected to be done because then Cesaro will channel that vengeance and bring that on towards WrestleMania where it'll be a Seth Rollins versus Cesaro match at WrestleMania and then Cesaro gets the dub. But understandably how this is just a singles, like a regular singles match, I really, 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 really want Cesaro to end up paving his way more towards the title picture because I really need to see this guy as either Universal or the WWE Championship. That's, sorry, WWE Champion, because he deserves either. If not, then at least give him the minor titles, either the US or the Intercontinental. And yeah, like right now, I don't want to see him in the tag uh, picture right now. He had that with the bar, and he's not with that no more. And I just needed to see him on a nice singles run. Now, Shinsuke Nakamura, that I, I want to see him do that as well and get a championship as well, or at least build that momentum that Cesaro has been building for the past couple months. But Seth Rollins himself, Again, he's coming back from, I guess, what was it, uh, paternity leave. But, you know, he's back here now, all right? But he's, he hasn't been putting enough work as how Cesaro has been putting the last few months. And, again, this match, I was indefinitely disappointed with the ending. But, overall, it was a great match to see because there was a lot of back and forths here. And there were, there were some times where we actually thought that, yeah, Seth Rollins is definitely going to lose this match and Shinsuke Nakamura is just going to win this game. Uh, win this match but it didn't happen and Seth Rollins did win but again those knees from Shinsuke Nakamura goodness gracious they're deadly man I'm telling you but Seth Rollins being opportunistic you know he is the architect he ended up coming uh 
strong with that match and that match i would definitely give it a 7 out of 10 as well uh, i don't think i rated the elias versus braun Strowman that match i wouldn't give that match such a high rating simply because it was just like an obliteration but i guess based off of the obliteration i'd give it a 7 out of 10 but like a general regular rating i'd give that match was probably like a 4 out of 10 maybe 5 out of 10 but anyways moving forward from that it was um Oh, shoot. I don't think I mentioned the Mustafa Ali versus Riddle match. Now, this match, as much as I want to talk about what I've seen in the match itself, I really just want to skip forward to actually going down with what happened after the match. Now, I called it. For those that actually listen to my podcast, you do know that in, the, in my previous Raw episodes, I've stated that sometime on the road to WrestleMania, there's going to be a moment where Retribution turns on Mustafa Ali or the other way around, and it's official. Whereas... Uh, sorry, Mustafa Ali, he just thrashes all of them and then he leaves officially. Or Retribution just completely goes off on um, Mustafa Ali and leaves him. And I freaking called it, man. I called it. So Mustafa Ali, after the match, Retribution was like disappointed, I guess, because, you know, their leader that is always trashing them for losing. Now he's taking L's and especially losing this uh, his second U.S. title opportunity. So they attacked him. They choke slammed, They double choke slammed him and he's down there now, man. I'm happy I called it. I'm happy that I actually got this thing uh, accurate. I predicted it right. But I, I, I'm honestly really confused and I don't know how I can predict what's going to go on in the future with uh with this scenario you know simply because um what's it called mustafa ali himself right he was a leader of retribution okay and now he's he's trying to like mold a group into what he believes is best for them now the group is agreeing with it they're accepting him as a leader but now both sides are taking complete l's so they're both frustrated now, it's either that Retribution just, they also might split where, you know, Maya Yim, she goes on a, a solo women's run and then the other uh, three, they, they go on their solos or the two, um, the two tall guys, I honestly keep forgetting the names, but they are, they're going to go on a, on a tag run, but you know, wh whatever goes on with them, but Mustafa Ali himself, I feel like he's going to start this thing with Riddle and going forward on to WrestleMania. I feel like it's definitely going to be another match with Mustafa Ali versus Riddle. But here's the kicker. I honestly don't think that uh, Keith Lee's injury was that long. Uh, or sorry, was announced at all about how long it'll take. Because I feel like they wanted to keep people out of that loop where what his time frame of his comeback will be. Because if they say, okay, well, Keith Lee's injury will be like a month and a half. That will get people like you know, sensing like, yo. If it's a month and a half, he can indefinitely return before WrestleMania and possibly get his actual shot at the U.S. title, right? Or it's because they just didn't mention it at all or they don't know. But I'm thinking that they didn't mention how long he'll, it'll take for him to recover is because they are planning for Keith Lee to return for, for, for WrestleMania. And I honestly think that if this happens... It'll be that same thing I said before prior to um, Bobby Lashley even losing his Raw championship. Sorry, his US title championship. Because I did say in the past where it'll be maybe a triple threat in either of the pay-per-views going on to WrestleMania or WrestleMania itself. And it'll be a triple threat picture where it'll be Matt Riddle versus Keith Lee versus Bobby Lashley for the US title. 
and although it did end up being Keith Lee injured, so it was just a, it was just a one on one match, and Bobby Lashley obviously uh, he he lost the title. Um, Matt Matt Riddle, he is a champion right now, and Mustafa Ali is kind of going after that right now. I honestly feel that it'll have something to do with a triple uh, sorry a triple threat match if Keith Lee returns, and I do honestly feel that Keith Lee might return. He has been just completely dark on socials. Well, kind of. And WWE hasn't mentioned him to kind of make people forget about him a little bit. Just so when he returns, it's like this big pop. Especially it's at WrestleMania. We're gonna have they're gonna have some fans at WrestleMania. So the pop when Keith Lee returns, or if, it'll be just ridiculous. Especially since it'll be like, oh, um, you know, this guy, Keith Lee, he's not been here anywhere, and now he's gonna get his actual chance at the US title. And simply I also feel that it might be another scenario where it could be, you know, oh, it'll be a tri- it'll, it'll be a triple threat match versus uh, with Keith Lee versus um, sorry, it'll be a triple threat match with Matt Riddle with Mustafa Ali and a and an anonymous third person, and then everybody's like, yo, who's the third person? Like, there's nobody else that's looking forward to that U.S. title right now. So who will it be? Boom, comes WrestleMania. Who who makes his return as a third man? Keith Lee. Music starts up, and, you know, everybody's like, oh, gosh, it's Keith Lee. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'm predicting for that uh, for the future with that match going down. And if that happens, I would not be mad whatsoever. But the match itself with Riddle and Mustafa Ali, I'd definitely give it also a... Uh, no, actually, no, I'd, I'd give this match a 6 out of 10. Just because it wasn't really much to see there. It was kind of the ending where people really talked the most about. But, anyways, um, so, continuing on, it was... Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus after the Seth Rollins and Shinsuke Nakamura match. And wow, this match, I can honestly say this was probably the most physical match we've seen in some time. And I would maybe say in like a good a year and a half. That, that, that isn't really saying a lot, but I don't know. Uh, the current era that the WWE is in, we don't really see much of those aggressive ass matches. We just see like kind of average to uh, aggressive. But yeah... I'm I'm just saying this match was great to see, and you you can you can just see the storytelling in this match, and mind you about this match, the freaking promo at the beginning before this match even started was just a great promo. It reminded me of like the 2010s of the WWE with their promos because those promos were amazing. I'm telling you, and even even the promos after 05, like those promos were amazing too, and that's saying a lot because it's been a minute since we've seen a promo that great or to that caliber, but. Going back to the match itself, um, before I forget, I would give this match an indefinite 8.5 or a 9 out of 10. But the back and forwards, the, you know, the storytelling in there as well. And, like, you can just see how, like, the aggression simply from both people. And, come on, I, I don't even know if you guys even, like, talk most, like, care about this. But the freaking face paint that Drew McIntyre had at the, at the beginning, um, or, well, throughout the match, basically, like, the Scotland flag. He, this guy looked like a true warrior. Like, he really looks like that warrior that Sheamus claimed he turned Drew into. Um, but, yeah, I mean, th- this match, it, w- it was great to see. And, like, the fact that they brought it out of the out of the uh, the ring and even ringside and went to, towards the Thunderdome, like, area, you know, they they went around in that match. They, like, that, that one suplex from Sheamus on Drew McIntyre where Drew McIntyre was, like, having difficulty to freaking breathe. Like, come on, man. Like, this that match was just physical. 
But going forward from that, there was the the part where like they kind of went up on this like upper stage where like the other panels were where like the people, uh, or no, not even. I think it was the panel where they where it's like the the graphic design of Fastlane, and this guy Drew McIntyre, he just what was that? Yeah, he rammed Sheamus through a through those panels, and you just see the panels explode. And Drew McIntyre is just focused, man. Sheer focus from this guy. You can just tell he you can tell he loved doing that too, as a matter of fact. So I don't know. That's just that's just my thinking on that on, on that itself. But the aggression as always was just great to see. But after that, uh Sheamus had his fair share of uh hits. They brought it back into the into the ringside and yo so there's this part where like the commentating tables are there and right behind it it's like that barricade. I don't think I've ever seen or or seen in a minute where someone actually stands up on that barricade with a man on him and just jumps and slams him through the freaking commentating table. Like, come on. Name how many times you've seen that. Like, a very, very minimal amount. So, Drew McIntyre... No, no, yeah, yeah, it was Sheamus. Sheamus had Drew McIntyre up and boom, white noise right through the table. And it's just like, yo, like, you have to think about how much power you need to do that. Right, because you not only have to step up on that barricade with a man on you, and then jump with a man on you through a t uh, sorry, and then rhyme a man through the table with whatever special move you're using. That is power. So Sheamus, hundred percent kudos to that, bro. But anyways, from that match, it was just um, yo the Kendall's being thrown thrown around as well. Like you can just see the scars on their backs. Um, these guys love their Kendall's against each other for real. But anyways, went into the ring and it was Drew McIntyre with that beautiful Claymore. Drew McIntyre had a really, really nice Claymore and it was actually sold properly this time. Because I did mention previously, some Claymores look botched and it just didn't look like it connected. And it just looked so bad on Raw. But, um, which, which did make Raw, or my case with Raw, where they're having so many botches consistently in, in like weeks in a rows. Um, just makes them look bad where they're just like the bot show of the company but this honestly seeing this claimer actually connect with the man's jaw and rocket him was great to see it made the win feel like it was actually deserved and actually like it, it actually did happen right but anyway so he won the match and boom definitely an 8.5 or 9 out of 10 man this was this was a great great match to see i was really happy to see that i'm definitely gonna rewatch it again after i finish this uh, podcast here but anyways moving from that was the Randy Orton versus Alexa Bliss match. This match, I was honestly expecting for uh, once Alexa Bliss entered, it would have, uh, or at least when her music hit, it would have been Bray Wyatt, or sorry, The Fiend that would enter instead. But we didn't see it, so I was, I was actually kind of surprised. I was like, okay, well, let, let's see what goes down. So Alexa Bliss is in the ring with uh, Randy Orton. Now, I'm honestly, <laughs> as bad as it sounds, I'm over here thinking like, yo, Randy, all you got to do, my guy, is run, rush her, literally just hit a mean clothesline on her, pick her up, and then just hit her with an RKO, and boom, one, two, three, you're done. But that didn't go down. Uh, it was actually just Alexa Blaze playing her, like, little mind games, right? So it's like uh, Randy Orton. I, but I, I was, I was kind of right, though. Randy Orton did rush in the beginning of the match. He did rush. He did try to rush at her, but Alexa Blaze playing her mind game. She, like, made fire come out of the middle of the ring, which stopped Randy from uh, going at her. 
And now Randy Orton's realizing that he's got to be a lot more diligent than he has been before, especially since he just can't go rush at her because her mind games are working. She can just make anything work. My voice cracking is a lot, like, seriously. But anyways, um, yeah, and so Randy Orton's going at her, uh, like, or, or at least he's trying to plan out how he can actually get to her without getting himself burned to death or whatever, right? So anyways, that that's going down. But Alexa Bliss just you know smiling at him yo she plays a really really good uh character in that like honestly she 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 really deserves that she was she did a really great promo on that or at least just her selling of her character is amazing to see like i tweeted earlier she is like a paranormal harley quinn and that's honestly the, the best i can really describe her at the moment but anyways uh the, the match goes ringside and you can just see randy you trying to figure out what he can do Plus ringside, what what can she do ringside? But that's when it's answered my question. She like looks up at the the ceiling of the building, and then two seconds later, you just see a freaking panel crash down, which was like one of the lights that just crashed down and nearly nearly toppled Randy Orton. And this guy's like, "What? Whoa, whoa! You you trying to kill me? What are you trying to kill me?" And Blexa Bliss is like, "Oh, missed." um better luck next time like she she does so well with this like honestly she deserves to be in like some kind of horror movie or just a movie in general she does really really good but anyways it goes it goes around it goes back into the ring and elixir bliss is like like the way she was hung up on the ropes it literally looked like she was on like a swing like you know in the mo in horror movies where they're where there's like this like the monster or the ghost whatever is like in in on their sw swing and like they're just swinging or whatever that's what elixir bliss made it look like on the ropes like i don't know how you do that i don't know where do you think to do that but that was just amazing to see like she's really really creative with that but anyways it, it gets it gets into the ring again they're both on their uh, separate corners and then randy urn's like he's like looking around you know trying to figure out what he can do and like figure out if there's anywhere else that alexa bliss might just get him from but um what ended up happening is that at uh is that you see a hand coming from underneath the ring slowly behind randy urn's foot and he doesn't notice and immediately i thought that yes that's the fiend that's the fiend's hand even though it doesn't really look like his previous glove or whatever but it honestly to me i knew for a fact that was a fiend and he goes up for it he grabs his leg finally and randy was like ah you know and then uh like he, he finally gets himself out of the hand and you just see fire shoot out of um the that hole in the ring but be before that happened i just remembered alexa bliss um while while randy Orton was uh gonna rush her again after they got back in the ring um alexa bliss shot like fire or whatever from her hands which which looked really really great on tv like it looked really great to see but you know uh she does that and i think and i think randy Orton like i think dodge for me like really like this guy has reflexes really great reflexes but going forward from that um right the whole hand thing happened where he grabbed his foot so randy Orton got out of that foot and fire shot out of that hole and then you just see you just see it go down where uh you've another amount of fire just goes up where you can't see that area of the ring and from the flames you see the man himself the fiend the fiend returns he gets around urine boom hits the sister abigail and he's down for that count now alexa bliss what's she gonna do she goes down and she gets uh, she pins him but honestly like as much as all people have probably said and like what i was thinking immediately i feel so bad for kim morton i feel like it was pretty hard for her to see the way alexa bliss pinned randy Orton. oh man i'm not gonna speak much about it but anyways um yeah that match uh even though it wasn't really a match match but creativity wise i would definitely give that match a good eight or seven out of ten but 
obviously the match itself would just maybe give like a two out of ten or whatever because it wasn't really a match it was just this the sister abigail itself would have given me a two out of ten simply because i was happy to see a sister abigail by the fiend slash bray wyatt and it's been a minute since we've seen that happen so i'm very excited also for raw but simply for that uh for that reason because the whole braun Strowman thing I don't know what's going to go down. Uh, sorry, yeah. The Braun Strowman and Shane McMahon and also the Randy Orton and possibly another Fiend uh, rivalry going to go down. So I'm, I'm excited to see what goes on tomorrow. But anyways, um, yeah. It was it was good to see the Fiend is back. This guy looks even more horrifying than he did before, man. Like, even... Uh, I forgot who it was. I think it was Tom. He was like, he's hideous. That killed me. Like, yeah, he is freaking hideous. This guy looks like he's all melted and everything which makes sense because prior to his uh little hiatus from the from the shows randy Orton put him on fire and everything right so it, it makes sense that his his mask is all hideous well more hideous than it was before and it just looks like it was melted and like all that you know melted stuff just dried up and that's what it looks like that's the aftermath so i, I was i was really happy to see that and it was really 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 good to see the fiend return back so i'm looking forward to seeing what goes on on raw tomorrow but anyways, moving forward from that match, it was the main event of the night, which I'm so excited to talk about. Uh, it was Ro sorry Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns with Edge as a special ringside enforcer. Now, at first, I didn't really, I wasn't really able to put together what special ringside enforcer was really supposed to mean. I, like, initially, I was thinking that Edge was going to be the special guest ref, so they just put it in different terms or different words. But no, there was an actual ref in the like a WWE official ref in the uh in the, in the match um you know officiating the match so it was just ringside so i'm over here thinking okay maybe it's just like an observer right where jay uso can't be there so it's just paul Heyman and edge but anyways we figure out what 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 or at least i figure out what it means uh, later on but this this match this was also in an aggressive match too not as much as the the Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre, but it was still a great aggressive match to see. But anyways, the storytelling was great in this. But you know, just just going mid through the match, you can just see the back and forths here. And at one point, you can see Daniel Bryan. He's actually gaining some momentum against Roman Reigns, and you finally think, okay, he's he's going to get a couple of these moves in, and boom, he's gonna hit his comeback move where you know he, he gets his couple hits in, and then he's ready for the yes lock. Um, but no, we were wrong. As soon as soon as uh, uh, sorry, Daniel Bryan goes in for that uh, knee strike. Uh, Roman Reigns in reverse hits him with another power bomb and then boom that's it uh that's it for his momentum right there it just stops his momentum completely but uh anyway so Roman Reigns is getting his momentum and honestly speaking Roman Reigns had like 80% of the uh offense in this not okay you know what maybe maybe like a 70 70% um offensive in this in this match the other was uh, Daniel Bryan, but Daniel Bryan did still have such an amazing and significant impact in this match as well, regardless of him having the advantages or even the uh, dominance in this match, right? But yeah, you, you, you like this guy, Daniel Bryan, hit like, what was it? Like, uh, I think it was six. He hit him with six yes locks, and Roman Reigns still managed to get out of the first five. But oh my gosh, the, the sixth one I'll explain in a bit. So as we're getting into the match, right? Uh, or as we're nearing the end of the match, you can see Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns, um, you know, on opposite sides of the ring. Roman Reigns steps up a little bit. The ref is behind Roman, and then you can see Daniel Bryan. He's going at. He he just dashes at Roman Reigns because I think Reigns was uh, stunned. And then Roman Reigns at the last second he gets out of the way while Daniel Bryan's trying to knee strike him in the face, and boom, he just he hits the ref, and the ref is out. So now I'm over here thinking, okay, yo, so like there's no ref, so what are we gonna do? And then it hits me, special ringside enforcer. 
there's edge. Enforcer could mean the ref. And boom, edge comes in. And I think Daniel Bryan was, um, uh, no, I think it was Roman Reigns that was pinning Daniel Bryan. And it was a one, two, and Daniel Bryan thankfully kicked out. And uh, it just goes on from there. So I'm over here thinking, okay, so now it's just a special guest ref match. Um, uh, sorry, a special guest ref in this match. So there's that. So I was over here thinking, okay, so Edge is going to properly officiate because this guy is honest. He is great. Um, and he did, he's honestly, even though he might be upset with the Daniel Bryan being the champion, he, he wouldn't mind. He just wants to have a fair match with whatever and then lead that on into WrestleMania. But just before that thing happens, you see Jey Uso come in and he just super kicks Edge. All right, he super kicks Daniel Bryan, and it's all legal right now because Edge is down, so no ref to see that. And the original ref, he's down as well, because so he's not there to see that. So Jey Uso's getting this chair, he's hitting Edge with it, he hit Daniel Bryan a couple times with it, and then Edge gets up as Jey Uso was trying to help uh, Roman Reigns up, and he spears Jey Uso, and uh, he's ready for that. So then that's where he's down. All right, and then um, and then that, I think Daniel Bryan he took the chair himself, and he's over here just mashing, 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 uh, Jay Uso with it. And once Jay Uso is just down ringside, uh, you see Jay Uso trying to get Roman Reigns with the chair as well, because Roman Reigns ended up getting up, and coincidentally enough, Edge is behind Roman Reigns, so uh, Daniel Bryan he's like looking around to see. Oh, no, actually no, I, th I think Edge was down. So yeah. Um, Edge, Edge, uh, Edge was down. The original ref was down as well. So Daniel Bryan is looking around to see uh, if if anything or if anybody will see uh, with him hitting a chair on Roman Reigns because obviously it's illegal. So if it does, uh, he'll get disqualified. Roman Reigns retains. So uh, luckily for Daniel Bryan, nobody was up. So he tries to go at Roman Reigns. But coincidentally enough, Edge gets up, and then before Edge can turn around, he gets hit with a chair because Roman Reigns dodged again at the last second, and Edge is down. So now Edge is down, and um, Roman Reigns gets up. He's going at Daniel Bryan, but Daniel Bryan, he's reversing, and then he hits Roman Reigns with the chair, I think. And just before... Um, uh, we, we can we can we can finally we can finally see a winner um it it, it, it kind of turns down so what happens is is that the sixth uh yes lock we see it was an aggressive yes lock um but oh my gosh this was really frustrating for me to see because he had him he had uh, daniel Bryan had roman reigns roman reigns in the yes lock and it's just going on for long and long and long and roman reigns i think he realized he can't go and do a rope break because both refs are down so he has to figure out something but no roman reigns gonna get out of it and we finally saw roman reigns tap out of daniel Bryan, and daniel Bryan did state i'm gonna tap you out and okay in 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 technical terms he didn't really tap him out but he did tap him out. Regardless of the match, regardless of it, it being official or not, he still tapped him out. So I know for a fact that is somewhat satisfying to Daniel Bryan, but I don't know. I'm, I know for a fact he's so pissed because what's going down is as Roman Reigns is tapping, we're all here like, yo, get up and freaking see this edge. Get up and see this. So Edge does get up, but it was the other way around. What Edge does, he just hits him with a freaking chair shot on Daniel Bryan and Daniel Bryan's down. And then I'm over here thinking, oh my gosh. So he hit Daniel Bryan with a chair shot. And so now what is, is he, is he going to let Roman Reigns win? Because that's what he originally wanted the match to be. But no, we saw Edge kind of, you know, giving a balance to the situation. So he hits Roman Reigns with the chair shot as well. And he's like, uh, I, I forgot what he said. He was like, um, this is what I, no, I, I can't remember what he said, 
But you, you can just tell Edge was just furious with everything that went down, especially since he got hit with a chair shot for some reason. But, oh, yeah, I just remember. So, yeah, Edge was like, this is mine. This is mine. And then he gets out, like, so frustrated and upset. So he, he, he gets out of there, and he's gone, and... Uh, he we walked out so then as both of them are down edge and sorry daniel bryan and roman reigns we we get another official in the in the, in the, in the match and now we're thinking okay this is, can, can this match finally finally get to some kind of decision and be official and be fair but no the fairness stopped once jay uso came in but anyways um it, it, then, it ended up going down as roman reigns he he hits Daniel Bryan with the Superman punch, and then he goes for another spear, and it worked. And then uh, Daniel Bryan is down, and man, he hits him with a pin. And I was just, oh my gosh, the potential with that was just gone. But honestly, as much as I, did, I was frustrated, I did think it was a great match. And I would definitely give that match a 9 out of 10, because the storytelling in that was great. The, even though the freaking the thing that Jey Uso did was frustrating as hell to see and very disappointing to see, it was still a great match to see and storytelling. And plus, it technically gives Daniel Bryan that right to say that it was also another unfair match. Because what happened at Elimination Chamber, it wasn't fair to him because he just won the Elimination Chamber match. And then right after that match, he doesn't even get a breather. Roman Reigns enters and a match starts immediately and then boom he he loses the he loses that match as well so then that's where he kind of put in his unfairness clause you know like with air quotes um and then he gets his another match opportunity at Fastlane and now here he, it was also unfair as well even though t before Jey Uso it was a pretty fair match whatever happened happened but Jey Uso got involved and just because of that it just shifted the whole momentum as to what WrestleMania could have possibly be, uh, be, been and yeah, right now the match card is set as Roman Reigns versus Edge for the Universal title. But we still have uh, three more shows uh, or three more uh, SmackDowns, uh, either three or four more SmackDowns, I can't remember, before WrestleMania goes down. And in those three, there's definitely going to be some kind of buildup towards a triple threat match with those three. I know for a fact that's going to happen because um, I don't see this going down after WrestleMania at Payback. But I know for a fact it's going to happen at WrestleMania. There's going to be some kind of promo that's going to be shot at rest, uh, at the SmackDown on, um, I, can't, I can't remember which date it'll be on. I think it's the 26th or the 25th. Uh, yeah, the 26th, that'll be the Friday. On that SmackDown, Daniel Bryan's going to go out there and he's going to cut a promo where he's like, yo, that was an unfair match. I need a proper match. Uh, and hopefully actually get my chance at that title at WrestleMania because that is like, you know, he feels like he has like uh, a low amount of WrestleManias left. But regardless of that, I honestly found that match very, 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 very interesting to see. And, man, there are so many possibilities that could go down with the future, especially with this triple threat. I'm going to keep mentioning that. This triple threat match is... I, I'm, I'm honestly... I, I wouldn't be mad if that happens. Yes, I do want to see a one-on-one -on -one with Roman Reigns and Edge. That is kind of like a dream match to see. But add Daniel Bryan into that. That is, that is literally like a Hall of Fame caliber match right there. Even though Reigns doesn't really have much years in the WWE as compared to Daniel Bryan and Edge, but it's still a Hall of Fame, legendary WrestleMania caliber match at WrestleMania. Especially, it'll be done in front of a live crowd, which I'm so excited to see. Even though, sadly, I won't be there because, one, I'm a Canadian, and two, with this COVID situation, can't, I don't want to fly down there. And then, you know, when I return, I have to pay 2000 for a hotel for two weeks. Um, but anyways, yeah. 
I, I'm I'm really excited to see go down uh, what goes down here. I'm I'm more so excited to see SmackDown rather than Raw, but I just I just oh man I'm I'm just so excited to see what goes down in this final month or final couple weeks before WrestleMania goes down, and hopefully I'll be able to do a live reaction to that. Um, you know whether it's on TikTok or YouTube, probably not on TikTok because I don't really have that many followers right now. <laughs> but hopefully I could be do that on YouTube. And man, I'm I'm just excited, simply excited. But overall, fast lane, fast I would give it a seven or eight out of ten. It was it was really great to see this this pay per view go down. But anyways, uh, that pretty much ends this podcast here. Um, I, I'm really, I, I really appreciate those that actually, you know, listen to the whole thing. And I hope you guys share this, you know, on your stories, whether it's Instagram, Snapchat, uh, Facebook, uh, whatever you guys use. Just please help me get this platform somewhere. Um, you can follow my Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Uh, I have a Facebook page as well. And, um, you know, it's the same thing as always. It's the three second tap. And uh, anyways, uh, and the YouTube as well. But yeah, I will definitely, definitely try to start recording these podcasts literally right after a show goes down, which technically this is my first one that I'm doing. That's right after a show. So I'm hoping to get into that uh, rhythm and pattern and stay consistent with that. But anyways, I'm, I really appreciate you guys for this. I will see you guys next time or, you know, you guys will listen to me next time. And uh, I really hope you guys stay safe out there. You know, wearing your mask, make sure you guys you got your PPEs and just following your, um, I guess, government guidelines. Uh, but anyways, see you guys next time. Appreciate the support and uh, you guys take care.